This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. share it's not my message we'll get to that in just a moment but here in Isaiah you know with everything that's going on I'm so glad God's up to date aren't you (laughs) you know some people wonder if God's up to date God is up to date you know he has a word he's already given a word before you even need it (laughs) that's just how he is isn't it listen to this listen to this in Isaiah 8 12 he says do not call conspiracy Everything this people calls a conspiracy. And do not fear what they fear and do not dread it. Listen, church, I know all that's going on, you know, in the world and our nation and all of that. And it's so easy to get embroiled in all that stuff. But I want to tell you what, God's called us to do one thing. What? Pray for our nation to be salt and light to those around us. Listen, we're in the world, but listen, I'm not of the world. I'm in the kingdom of God. Jesus is my Lord. God is our Father. Amen. We live according to His kingdom. And what is that number one thing that God's called us to do? Love one another. He even said that we should love and pray for our enemies. Whoa, that ratches it up another level, doesn't it? It's easy to pray for family, to pray for those that... You know, see everything just the way you see it. And do everything just the way you do it. It's easy to pray for those. But I want to tell you what. Praying for the, those who are, are you, that disagree with you. Those who see things different than you do. That's what we're called to. I thought I'd get a better amen than that. Well, we're glad, as I said, that you're here today. Especially those who are visiting. We welcome you. And today, we're going to continue, we're talking about, could you put, can we get that slide up there about the, uh, there we go. We're talking about all this month, God's engine for vision. God has a vision. God has a plan. God has a purpose. You know, it's not called the accident of salvation, is it? It's not called the happenstance. God has a plan. And you know, the amazing thing is, Paul tells us in the Scriptures that before God ever created the earth, the stars and the moon, He already had this plan sorted out. He already had it planned out. He already knew exactly how He wanted it to unfold. What an amazing thing. Boy, you talk about a planner. God's on out there, isn't He? And so we want to look at this, you know, because we, we, we see that from God's perspective, but, you know, we have to bring it down to ours. Okay, today that we live in, we can see and we read about, you know, the early church, even go back about the prophets all the way back to Abraham. We can read, and all through all those people's lives and all through those centuries and millennia, God was unfolding His plan. And now it's come down to us. It's come down to our time. It's come down to our generation. And you and I have the opportunity now. And I believe this, because the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that just as He uh, dealt personally, was personally present with their generation, working with them to unfold uh, His plan and purpose, He's working with His church in this generation. Amen? 
I, you know, I'm one of those crazy preachers. I still believe God speaks to people. Jesus said that my sheep will hear my voice, didn't they? They will know my voice. They will follow me in the way. So we've been talking about what is God's engine for vision? Well, it's His people. Now, I know we could say the Holy Spirit and all, and I understand that. But listen, without people, what, can the Holy, what will the Holy Spirit do? Isn't that right? He needs people to feel, to empower, to anoint, and to obey, doesn't he? He needs you and I. And so we have to understand that. So to, we've been talking about God's engine for vision. It is us and our generation. So today we're going to be talking about finding our fit. You ever been in a situation where you didn't feel like you fit in? You ever been to a social gathering or something like that? Maybe you were invited to go or an office party or somewhere like that. You know, I've been somewhere like that, and I'm thinking, what am I doing here? <laughs> I just, you know, I just don't, that nothing, not, I'm not criticizing anybody that was there. I just didn't fit in, you know. And a lot of times, you know, we can feel that way in the natural, but sometimes we can even feel that way in God's family. We can feel like we don't fit. We're misfit. That's, something's just not right, you know. I'm coming to church. I'm doing that, and you know, and I, I'm praying, and, you know, and I'm giving my offerings. And I, but sometimes we still feel like a misfit. So today we want to talk about finding our fit because it's very important. And the reason I chose uh, th this analogy of an engine is because we look at something, you know, you pop the hood on your truck or your car and you look at that thing and you say, there's an engine. But really, if you look more closely, that engine is a lot of interrelated parts, isn't it? And if you get some of those parts that are not functioning properly, your engine's not going to drive anything. Your engine's not going to go, isn't it? And so each one of us are a part of that engine. Each one of us have a place and a place where we fit. And when we find that place and when we are obedient, all of us are obedient to our place that God's called us, there is a grace that is in us that is released that causes the, the, the engine to run. It causes the plan and purpose of God to unfold. And it takes each one of us. And see, if, if, I, if I decide to say, you know, well, I don't think my part's that important. The engine will run okay without me. But what if you're the spark plug? You know, what if you're the battery? I mean, there could be a lot of different parts. What, what are you going to do? So we need every one of us, and we need and we understand every one of us are important to God and to God's plan and to be a part of God's engine, what, to fulfill God's vision, God's plan for our generation, for our generation. I look back and I think, well, you know, wouldn't it be wonderful to have lived in this generation or that generation? But you know what? God on purpose had, had us in this generation for such a time as this. You're not here by accident. You are not. You're here by divine plan. I believe that with all my heart. In this generation, God has saved you. And He has saved me. And it's not just so we can go to heaven. Thank God for that. Don't misunderstand me. <laughs> That's very important. But, I'm, you know, right now we've got a job to do. Isn't that right? We've got something that God wants us to do. And while making a living and taking care of your family, that's a part of it, and that's all important. But God's got something on the spiritual side that He also wants us to connect and plug in to our place. Amen? Uh, let's look over in Hebrews 
Let's look at a scripture there real quickly. Hebrews 10. You know, we're going to read a couple of scriptures here, but, you know, why does, I mean, why does God have us come to church? I mean, sometimes I can say, what? I mean, you know, what? what's the deal? I mean, we come here on Sunday, and we, we sing some songs, and we, we worship, and, and, and uh, you know, we have somebody lead us in prayer. We do, why do we do these things? I mean, what does, uh, this is a part of God's, uh, uh, the way that God connects and keeps His body connected. And if we're not connected, then, you know, your part is not integrated. If your part is not integrated and their part is not integrated and their part is not integrated, pretty soon the engine uh, just breaks down. And God's church and God's plan and God's purpose cannot advance. Now, notice what he says here in Hebrews 10 and verse 24. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Now notice what he says here. He says, we come together to connect as a family of God, but there's a purpose in it. It is that we might encourage one another. Are you listening? Encourage one another. When you connect, you find your fit in Christ's body, in his church, then you know what? There's a release of God's grace that encourages and builds up your brothers and sisters. Amen? And you know, this is the way it works. Sometimes I need encouragement. Sometimes you need encouragement. But if I don't take my place, and you come in and you need encouragement, but I'm not in a place where I'm willing to give it or I'm able to give it, then you know what? You go without And the Bible says this, Paul said this, he said, if one part of the body suffers, if one part of the body suffers, the whole body suffers. He used the body as an analogy, I'm using an engine. So here's the thing, are you connected or disconnected? And here's the thing. Now, I want to take it a step further. Just because you come on Sundays and sit in a chair... (laughs) doesn't necessarily mean you're connected yet. That's the first step. That's an important step, but it needs to go further than that. You have, the Scriptures are clear, we've looked at this, that God has given each one of His body, each one of us have been given a gift, 1 Corinthians 12, 7. And it says it's for the benefit of the whole body. Now, let me get this straight. God's gift that he's placed in you is not for you it is for others see too often we we only come to get something at church we're not all always coming to give something or bring something that God's put in us to church you may have just the encouraging word your bro- that brother or sister needs God may be leading you in just the right way to to know how to pray for a particular need But if I come and I'm so wrapped up in myself and I'm all about my problems and what I need, and that's that's the whole thing all the time, then, you know, I can can come to church and, and go through the motions and leave again, and I've never really connected with the body. I've not connected with anybody. Amen. See, gifts serve no purpose outside of relationship. 
Why do you need mountain-moving faith if you're not going to help anybody with it? <laughs> you know, isn't that right? Why do you need a gift of healing if you're not going to heal anybody with it? Isn't that right? How, why do you need to be full of all this godly wisdom if you're not going to impart it to somebody? It got, you, you know what? If it's just if it's just you and just you, you and the presence of God, see that gift, it's it's not going to operate. It's not meant to operate. Amen. An engine serves a purpose, doesn't it? You know? And that purpose, what? Is to move your vehicle and you in it from one place to the next. And God, as He has given each one of us a part of His engine, it is to move us, the Bible says, from faith to faith and glory to glory. It is to move us forward in our generation for His plan. What is that plan? To, that, what? that no man should perish. That we should reach the lost, the hurting, the broken. In our, our city, our community, in our circle. And also help to reach the nations. Amen? Are you a taker or are you a giver? See, a lot of times we come just to get. We want to take. We got, you know, we're like the... You know, the guy, you know, that prayed, he said, you know, my name's Jimmy. I'll take all you give me. I need, I need, I need, I need, I need, I need. Every time you, I need, I need, I need, I need, I need. You know, if you would stop concentrating on your needs and start looking how you can use what God's given you to help meet the needs of others, you'd find that your need would be met a lot more quickly. Because the Bible says it's more blessed to what give than to receive, isn't it? Being in relationship with the body, with a body, a local church somewhere, whether it's this one or wherever, God may, but it, it, that's what activates my gift. When I begin to serve, yes, I said that word in church, serve. See, we want to come get, but who wants to serve? You know, everybody likes to eat at Thanksgiving. <laughs> but who's getting in there with the pots and the pans and sweating over the stove? Amen. <laughs> There's no Thanksgiving meal without some Thanksgiving cooks. Amen. There's no glory and move of God. There's no salvation. You know, unless what? There's somebody that's willing to say, you know what, Lord, here am I. Now, you know, uh, you remember the story of uh, one of the stories of when Jesus fed the multitude and the little boy with the lunch. Think about it. He had two fish and five small barley loaves. You ever felt like, I felt like, I feel like that little boy a lot. This is what I've got to bring, Lord, to the table. And that is two small fish <laughs> and five barley loaves. But here's the thing. When he brought it to Jesus... Something happened that was miraculous, wasn't it? When he gave it, he said, you know, I got enough for myself. Now, he could have went off in a corner somewhere. You know, I mean, there were thousands of people there. Nobody would have thought anything about it. He could have went off in the corner somewhere behind a rock or something and ate his lunch. I mean, you know, it seems like he was the only one that had enough foresight <laughs> among the whole bunch to bring anything. He could have done that, couldn't he? 
He could have been satisfied. But you know what he did? He said, you know, it's, I mean, you know, think about it. Wouldn't it have been a rational thing to have said, now, wait a minute. What's this going to be with all these thousands of people? How in the world could this possibly make a difference? It cannot possibly make a difference. You ever had that thought? What could I possibly do? I can't do this or I can't do that. We're always comparing ourselves to people. What could my two small fish and five barley loaves do? I want to tell you, when you give them to Jesus, when you put them into His hand, and that's what He did. He had enough faith to say, you know what? It looks, it looks like it could make no difference in the world, but Lord, here, here, here it is. Not much, but here it is. And you know what? Jesus said, it's enough. He said, it's enough. And you know the story. He blessed it. He gave it out. It says there were 5,000 men. There probably were some women and children there too. They all ate, were full, and took up 12 baskets over. I mean, it doesn't say, and this is just speculation, but I have a feeling the, the little boy got the basketfuls. I mean, after all, he gave the fish, didn't he? I don't know that. But see, it's the same with us. Take your gift, no matter how small you may think it is. I, I, you know, it's, it's not much, Lord. It's, you know. Sometimes I think I got one fish and two barley loaves. <laughs> but here's the thing. If, if you take your fish and barley loaves and your fish and barley loaves and my fish and barley loaves and your fish and barley loaves and we present it to Jesus in service and the blessing of the Lord will be upon it. And it says he'll feed the multitudes. What could we do? Listen, the church started with 12. It didn't start with 12,000. See, we think, oh, man, we get, we get thousands here. We'll do something. No. All you need is your fishes. <laughs> so being in relationship with the body, it activates it. You know there in Acts 2, we won't read it in verse 42, but it talks about the church. You know, people were getting saved daily. It says they were meeting at the temple and then from house to house. What do you think they were doing? They were encouraging one another. They were serving one another. They were taking, uh, you know, what God had given them, and they were sharing it between one another. And man, it said that, I mean, you, you see what a powerhouse that church was. Amen. And it wasn't only the apostles. If you read it closely, it's because what God was doing among the people. Thank you. So fitted for service. Every part is designed to help the body grow. Uh, Look over in Ephesians 4. Every part of the body is necessary. Every part. Ephesians 4. We're going to pick it up in about verse 16 there. He said, from Him, that's speaking of Christ, the whole body. Everybody say the whole body. Does the whole body include you? The whole body except... <laughs> The whole body, that's the whole body, joined and held together by God. That's not what it says, does it? Held together by every supporting ligament. Each one of us, our supporting part of Christ's body, grows and builds itself up. Builds itself up. Builds itself up. 
Wow, how's Passion Church going to fulfill God's vision, our part of God's vision? How's it going to do that? Man, I'm telling you what, we're going to have to get a super duper 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 super duper duper evangelist to come or somebody to come. No, he says, if every part will recognize your purpose, your validity, your importance, every supporting ligament comes together, it will build up Christ's church and this local expression of it. See, we think, a lot of times we think, oh, you know, when I have a need, I got to go look out here somewhere. God, you, you know. You got to bring somebody in or bring something in or do something. It's always, no, listen. What we need for this hour, God's put it right in here in us, in His body. I said, in His body. There's untapped resources right here in His body, in Passion Church, in you, in me, that we could release. And He said, when we do, He said, it's going to grow and build itself up in love. Now, listen to this last phrase as each part does its work so if each part does not do its work wouldn't it make sense to you this is not going to happen because it's predicated on that last phrase isn't it as each part does its work and listen those of you you know you know uh, that are using your gift and you're serving and you're taking what God's given you and you're you're giving it to other people that's where the joy of Christianity is at I want to tell you something if you just sit and you're always just taking and taking and taking and taking, you're going to come to a place in your Christian walk where, you know, you're not going to be satisfied anymore. Remember the children of Israel in the wilderness? God fed them with manna. And it wasn't long before they started grumbling. Mm, they didn't like, you know, the way Moses did things. They didn't like the way this was doing. They didn't like the way that was doing. And they certainly did. They got tired of this manna. Come on. They got tired of it. And they started complaining. And you know, here's the thing that happens in the church. If you just always are taking, 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 and you're never giving, pretty soon, before you know it, you're going to start seeing everything that's wrong with everybody. Well, the preacher preaches too long. Well, he don't preach enough. He, the preacher preaches too deep. The preacher's not deep enough. This person looked at me. That person didn't look at me. Come on. Whatever it might be. Every unused gift, listen, depletes the accomplishment of God's vision. See, he said, as each part does its work. If your part's not doing its work, you know what? Passion Church is weaker, not stronger. See, sometimes the enemy will get us to think, well, if, you know, if I try to do something, I'm just going to mess it up. Boy, that's the biggest lie ever. Because he said, if you, you get your part busy, it's going to make the church stronger. It's going to build it up more. Not less, more. Come on. <laughs> Listen, so we need to be fitted for service. L- look over in Philippians Two, real quickly, you're right there. Verse 12, Paul said this. He said, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out 
your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in, a, uh, in order to fulfill His good purpose or His good vision. It is God that's going to be working. It's God that's working in you. You have that desire to, be, to, to do something in the, in, in, in the body of Christ. Maybe it's, maybe it's to teach or lead a small group. Maybe it's to, to usher. It could be any, anything. Keep up the ground. Anything. That's God. He said that's working. He's putting that desire in you. And you need to learn to just act on it. Just obey that. Because he said when you do, you're going to help accomplish God's good purpose. We're talking about God's engine for his vision. It is us as people. And you need to recognize that. Stop demeaning yourself. Remember when Paul, uh, when God, uh, by supernatural means, sent Peter to preach to Cornelius, the first Gentile believer? Remember that? Remember he had the vision of the, of the sheet let down and had all kind of animals on it, remember? Clean and unclean, as far as the Jew was concerned. And, you know, and he heard the Spirit say, Arise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I've never eaten anything that was unclean. And remember what the Spirit said to him? Don't you call unclean what I have cleaned, what I have cleansed. God's cleansed you by His blood. Not by any works that we've done, but by His mercy, by His grace. But listen, don't you call, don't demean what God has cleansed. We want to go from misfit to a perfect fit, don't you? That's what I want to do. Listen, another thing about serving, serving leads to discovery of gifts. When you begin to serve in some capacity, when you begin to do something, you know, all of a sudden you begin to see there are other gifts that are there that I didn't even realize were there. And they begin to come out. And God might, you know, tweak your place a little bit and adjust it a little bit that's part of growing but listen you can move from a misfit to a perfect fit you can be right where God wants you and when you're right where God wants you boy I'm telling you there's peace there's joy there's fruitfulness there's confidence there's boldness all of these things work through us when we're right where God wants us amen the fruit of grace is produced by my gift the fruit, the fruit of the grace in me, the gift of God, there will be fruit. In other words, you know what? Christ's body will be what? Encouraged. It will be strengthened. It will be helped. It will be moved forward. Amen? And listen, that's the thing. When we begin to operate this way, that's the thing that makes the church... Uh, to the community, it makes the church uh, we uh, welcoming. It makes the church uh, inviting. People look at the church and say, you know what? Man, I like those people there. They're, look at that. They're, they're serving one another. They're loving one another. You know, and here's the thing. Once we practice here, you know, this is where we practice. We practice on one another. Then when we go out, during the week in the marketplace, it will be second nature to us. It'll just be something we do. Before you know it, you're going to be using that gift of yours to encourage somebody. You're going to be using that gift of yours to pray for somebody. Come on. Absolutely. 
We can go from a misfit to a perfect fit if we will just begin to use what God's given us. And then faithfulness, faithfulness develops and matures my gift. Look over uh, in 1 Peter, we'll read a scripture over there. Faithfulness is what develops my gift. You know, if you see uh, an athlete perform at a very, very high level, you know, they didn't just, they don't just have a gifting. They do have natural gifting, obviously. But when you see them operate at a very, very high level, you know what they've done? They have developed that gift. They developed it. How did they do it? By being faithful to practice it, to, to use it, to utilize it, to do those things that would strengthen it. And the same thing is true with you and I. If we'll be faithful and begin to serve using our gift, it will grow, it will develop. We know this. Jesus gave a parable, you know, where he said those who use what they give, what? It was doubled, wasn't it? The one who had five talents was given five more. The one who had two talents was given two more. But the one who had the least and saw himself as having the least and saw himself as, you know, I'm probably going to mess it up if I do anything. So he just took that gift and kept it to himself. Now, when Jesus talked about the, the, the accounting that they had to give to the master, who was praised and who was reprimanded? The ones who used it, who took a risk, who did it, who were faithful, who did it, they were praised, weren't they, and rewarded. And the one who was fearful, who thought that he, he was going to fail, that he didn't have, hadn't been given much, he was the one that was reprimanded. In 1 Peter uh, chapter uh, 2, I believe is where we want to look, yep, 1 Peter 2, he said, once you were a people, but now you are, once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God. Once you have received mercy, uh, once you have not received mercy, but now that you have received mercy. He goes on to say in his letter that we are the recipients of God's mercy, the recipients of God's grace gift whether you've got five, whether you've got two, or whether you've got one. And he says that we are going to be accountable as stewards of the grace of God. Stewards of the grace of God. You know, a steward is someone who manages resources for someone else. They don't own it. They manage it. Listen, we have been given gifts, every one of us, and we are stewards that means that we are responsible to the one who gave them to us to manage them, to utilize them, to develop them. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Am I boring you? 1 Corinthians 4, I'm almost through, don't worry. So those of you who think I'm going too long, I'm almost through. First Corinthians 4, 2, Paul says it this way, Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. God has given you a trust. He's trusted you with a gift, with His grace, that is not for you, but it is for others. 
And we're responsible to begin to discover that and begin to serve our brothers and sisters. We become integrated into His body, or we can say it this way, we become a part of that engine for God's vision. Listen, more than ever, men need to know that Jesus Christ is the answer, don't they? I mean, we look, we look at the world, we look at our nation, and I'm telling you, if you get all embroiled in all that stuff, you're going to get discouraged real quick. But when we understand that each one of us have been given a grace, a, 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 a power, and a strength imparted to us as believers, that we can begin to use that. And you know what? We operate outside of the natural system. Listen, when you love and pray for your enemies, you're operating outside of the natural system of this world. The natural system of this world says, man, okay, I, I saw that. You, you next. Come on. But when we operate in God's grace, you know, we're ready to what? To forgive. We're ready to uh, serve. We're ready to uh, walk in love. We're ready to what? To proclaim the gospel of Jesus. You know what? I believe this, that Jesus is the answer to any problem people have. Whatever your problem may be, He is the answer. Amen. Let me give you some action points, and then we're going to pray. Listen to this. Let me ask you some questions. Are you connected or disconnected to Christ's body? That means, are you, are you serving in some capacity? Are you utilizing the gift He's given you? Amen. You know, have you ever maybe been to a, uh, a concert or something, you know, where somebody is very skilled, maybe with the piano or, or maybe on the violin or something, and I mean, you see them playing, and it's just, you're like, wow. Man, oh man, oh man. It just, it's just incredible, isn't it? It's just amazing. Well, isn't it something? They just woke up one day and could do that. Well, you know, if, if in the natural it takes that time and effort to do something, you know, it's probably going to take a little time and effort on us to develop the gift God's given us. Just saying. Are you a misfit or a perfect fit? <laughs> and then finally, are you using your gift to benefit Christ's church? I suggest that these are questions that we ask ourselves and prayerfully ponder it before God. And let God, let the Holy Spirit enlighten us and show us. Listen, Pastor Church, we are well able to do our part to advance God's vision. We're well able. I said we're well able. He is our ability. He is our strength. His Spirit lives in us. His grace is upon us. If we will, like the little boy, take our fish and loaves and add it, he'll feed the multitudes. Father, I pray right now that we will take to heart this simple message of finding our fit, finding our place to be a part 
of something bigger than ourselves, to be a part of the kingdom of God, of advancing the kingdom of God, of, of lifting up those who are hurting and broken, to be a living, breathing expression of Jesus Christ wherever we may be. And Lord, let it begin here in the church. Let it begin among us. Let us begin to serve one another in love. Let that gift rise up within us. Let the discovery of that gift rise up within each one of us. Father, may there be a willingness, a willingness, a willingness to use it for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, maybe you're here and you, you have a need. Maybe you, you need Jesus. You've never made Jesus Lord of your life, but you have a, maybe you have another need. Maybe, maybe it's financial. Maybe, maybe it's physical, whatever it may be. If you have a need, if you would, just right where you are at your seat, if you'd just stand up, we want to pray especially for you this morning. Right where you are. You know, normally we'd have you come forward, but we, we're... We want to be as safe as we can. Father, you see these that are standing. Lord, you see the need. Father, it may be emotional. It may be physical. It may be financial. It may be the healing of a relationship. Or, Lord, they need healing in their body. Father, I pray that where their need abounds, your grace will much more abound. That you will be their strength. You will be their peace. You will be their healer, and you will be their encourager and provider. We stand with them, and we thank you, Lord, that you meet every need of theirs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And all God's people said. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.